Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Art of Noticing. I'm your host, best-selling author Johnny B. Truant, and I'm here to help you give the muse the finger and make life your muse instead. In each 10-minute episode, I'll tell you how I spun something mundane into inspiration and show you how to do the same. If you've ever wondered how to write better, how to be creative, how to get more ideas, you're in the right place. Let's start noticing. This is so dumb, you guys. So I go to uh, a, a climbing gym regularly. That's my chief sport is rock climbing, that and weightlifting and running, I guess. But but climbing is what I really love. And my climbing gym has this parking lot that it shares with this food truck park place. So like the kitchen is in a food truck, but it's got like an established yard with benches and stuff. So it's like having a normal restaurant. It shares the same lot. And so at noon, especially on nice days, so like lunchtime on nice days, that lot gets really full. And the character of the lot is also kind of odd in that I don't know if the spaces are too close together, or people drive too big of vehicles, or people park in compact spots when they shouldn't be parking in compact spots. I don't know what it is, but there's something about even if I have a space. So this this is found this is founded on me having a space and then everything gets crowded after I'm in the space. So I've managed to park in the lot and then the activity happens and I'm ready to leave. That's what we're talking about here, but there is the other side as well. And some something about that is like I find that a lot of times I can't turn right out of that parking lot, which is what I have always done. So the main road where I come in on that's the way I go out and there's a light there and it's just, it's the main road out and it's, it's what you would expect. And so I've always gone that way, but something about needing to get out to turn right, like often I can't back up enough. I, I don't know how I can describe this in an audio format, but it's like the person behind me is situated, parked behind me. The person parked in the spaces across an aisle behind me are in just such a way that I can't get that full you know, first half of the, of the turn to get out. And so I'll have to jockey back and forth. It's a whole thing. And then I'll have to dodge people coming in because the entrance way is too small and they're trying to find a spot or they're poaching on my spot. And I can't leave because they're waiting in my, you know, for my spot and I can't get past them. So sometimes it's a real pain in the butt. And then the other day I realized, oh, hey, dummy, you can go left. And actually I think it happened because I needed to, I couldn't back out in the way that I would need to go to make like the three point turn to go out to the right, but I could to the left and I always can to the left for some reason I was able to do that. And then I was, what I would do is I would back out and I would like go around this loop in the parking lot and then go back out the way that I have always gone out. But in addition, there's this (laughs) such a cliche. It's the road less traveled that's off to the left, where if I, instead of looping around, if I just kept going in that direction, I can go out into another street through like a dirt lot. I can go out to another street and it's not crowded that way. I don't have to fight cars going out that way. For some reason, the the three-point turn in that direction is always better. And it's a little harder to get out onto the main, main street from there. But I mean, it certainly can be done. So all of that made me think, like this has been here all along. And this problem with getting out of the parking lot is something that I've dealt with for a long time, but I've just kind of always dealt with it. And and again, like this isn't a big deal. Like it, it so isn't a big deal, but it does happen and it's annoying. And the fact that this 
left turn option. I mean, it's not hard to see. It's really obvious. It's like, imagine that you're looking at a wall and you always look to the right side of that wall. And then it dawns on you that there's a left side to the wall too. It's that obvious where I'm like, I didn't have to explore. I didn't have to find it. Nobody needed to point it out. I didn't need to figure out like, oh, am I allowed to drive through there? It's very, very clear. I just never went the other way. And so all of this made me say, okay, well, why is it that once we start to do something, we tend to keep doing it? It's like inertia for for psychology, for personalities. And it's kind of like when you know you went to high school or grade school and the very first day you sat in a chair, you sat at a table in lunch, and then that was the exact same chair that you sat in in class or at lunch for the rest of the year, maybe for the rest of the time you were in that school. Why? I don't know. It just happens. People like familiarity. They get used to it. It's something about our brain wanting a shortcut. But we're creatives. We're authors. And so since we're looking for creative inspiration from the mundane, we're looking to notice everyday things and take them as inspiration. That's the whole reason we talk about any of this stuff on this show and in the companion uh, post that I write. Because that's who we are, we are supposed to be, let's say, conscientious rule breakers, uh, not looking to defy laws, but to say, well, does that rule really make sense? And if it doesn't make sense, then maybe we don't really do it that way. A softer version is to say nonconformists, and an even softer version of that, kind of a well-duh level of, of, of discussing this whole thing is just considering our options, just not doing the default thing. I mean, if anybody is not to be forgiven for doing the same thing over and over, it's us. Like, what's wrong with us? We're, we're artists. We need to do different things. Uh, my dad, who's a painter, said that sometimes the solution to a, a problem with something that he's painting will be to invert the canvas. So he's got it, and they aren't abstract. He's got something that's got an actual subject, like a, a person or a car or something like that. If he rotates the canvas so that now he is painting it upside down, he, he will know how to paint it because he is literally looking at it from a new perspective. And that's, I think, the lesson here is that we should be looking to do things differently with our art so that it matters i.e. challenging ourselves with the stories that we tell, challenging the world maybe with the stories that we tell, but also within just the the creation as well, you know, taking new paths. So I turned left out of that parking lot, but, you know, there, there are ways that we always work that are habitual. We are, we have ways of conceptualizing things that are standard. We don't always see the fresh way of doing things. We don't always consider well, if I'm having a genre problem here, and this isn't something that's usually done in my typical genre, what if I didn't do that? What if I tried it a different way? What if I wrote a different genre? Or what if I did something that was genre-defying? What if I wrote in an unusual voice? What if I did two chapters back-to-back that are both first-person, but they're different characters? Now, I've seen that done plenty of times. I've done it a few times. It's actually not that crazy, but it is something that people shy away from, and it's something that's relatively new to do. So first-person present, I think YA kind of brought some of that back, where first-person present and everybody's got their own first-person present. I've seen that multiple times before, but it used to be a little weirder when I got started. But you know, you could have been the one who made it not weird because you dared to do it. Remembering, too, that more habit leads to more cliches. That's another thing to keep in mind is if you're always taking the easy way when designing a character, when designing a plot, 
Well, the easy way is the way that everybody else has done it. I mean, by definition here, we're talking about things that we've always done the same way. So it might not be what other people do, but it's what we've always done. So I think of like M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, I'm going to meet him someday. I'm going to be really embarrassed that I've like crap talked him, but he made four really good movies or three or five, depending on how you, your preferences. And then it's like, what happened to him? Like what happened to that guy? And I think one of the reasons is because he got so hooked on the idea of the twist at the end. Like that's what made the sixth sense amazing. That's where the twist in, in signs was really kind of lame, but the twist in like unbreakable was really amazing. And so that twist became his hallmark. And, and after like three or four movies, he was committed and every movie had to have a twist. And so the twist got stupider because it was like he had to do it. And that can really be a detriment is what if, what if the, what if the twist is not having a twist, having a cliche is not a really good idea because readers see it coming a mile away. The twists stopped working because people knew that there would be a twist. So they were looking for them. Oh, well, that can't really be what's going on because clearly there's a twist. What if what was happening was what was going on because there was no twist and then you'd surprise everybody. It's just all about looking at things in unusual ways that were probably there all along. And if you're smacking your head and saying, man, that was obvious. Why didn't I think of that before? Then I would say from this context, you're on the right path. All right, that's it for today. If you'd like more, be sure to visit johnnybtruant.com slash subscribe and sign up so you don't miss anything. Now, subscribing is free, but for just a few bucks a month and the good karma that comes from supporting the arts, you'll also get all the member stuff, bonus episodes and articles, behind the scenes peaks, and the weekly one drink book club where my creative friends and I talk shop over Friday cocktails. If membership isn't for you, please show your support by sharing, reviewing, all that good stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks for listening and stay curious.